devastating for him. My heart goes out to him. Hope he's okay. Hope, hope he, uh, wishing him nothing but a speedy recovery. Um, I'm worried about him from the standpoint that he's going to have to go all in on his rehab because he's a miniature quarterback. And as a result, one who relies heavily on his legs. Um, not that he can't throw the football effectively because he most certainly can. But the dynamism that, that, that comes associated with him, how dynamic he is, is predicated on his ability to move. You know, he can run so well. He's so special in that regard. And so this is devastating for him, and we wish him nothing but a full recovery. Stephen A. Smith from ESPN uh, bringing up a very, very valid point yeah. on this whole Kyler He's, Murray thing. Is This is not like Joe Burrow. This is not like Carson Palmer. This is not like quarterbacks. Who are six foot four and sit back and make their make their hay in the pocket? Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray can do that, but if the Arizona Cardinals, with the number one overall draft pick when they drafted Kyler Murray, uh, and Kyler Murray's camp said he's not running, he's a pocket quarterback. You think he's getting drafted number one? No, not at all. No. So it is very important, and it does kind of plant that seed of doubt on what Kyler Murray will be like after a devastating injury from a physical standpoint and the physical ties to the psychological in a big way for a player like Kyler There's Murray. no doubt about it. I, I thought it was fascinating yesterday when we were talking uh, with, with Wolf and Luke and, and just how hardcore Wolf's opinion was of Kyler Murray and where he is at because I think a lot, I think it's very, very true. The fact that Kyler Murray at this stage of his career now, there's more to this now than just uh, going through through surgery and strengthening up your knee and and that kind of stuff. There's a lot more that's involved here. We've already talked about the psychological ramifications of of trusting uh, a rebuilt body part and with a guy like Kyler Murray and the speed and the knee, that's all very well and true as well. But the other stuff that comes along that's been there with Kyler Murray, I think, is something that's going to have to be, be reconciled. And that is if something happens again to him or can he now in this rehab process become a better pocket quarterback based on Time spent with the game based on knowledge, based on understanding, based on maybe getting a, a mentor or, or or a Kurt Warner or you name it. And so I, th- I think that's what Wolf was getting at, that that Kyler Murray as a quarterback, there were too many missing pieces in the long run anyway, mm-hmm. even with fully healthy. Will this injury reconcile that in his head that when I come back, I've got to have more? I've got to, I got to be better at this. I don't know. It's going to be fascinating because it, the, 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 the truth of the matter is, and nobody wants to hear this, the truth of the matter is right now, at this moment, the Cardinals are just another NFL franchise without a franchise quarterback. And we don't know if Kyler Murray is still that guy or will be that guy. There are people questioning whether he was that guy before the injury. Clearly, he was a work in progress. But I think that it, it, that is that is now the new horrifying thing we got to look at here. Okay, what what is this team going to do at that position? Are you just going to go okay, placeholder, placeholder? Yeah, I, I don't. We're good. Trace McSorley, Colt McCoy. Let's just kind of kick the can down the road and hope everything's okay. 
I don't know if that's a good strategy, Vinny. I don't know if it is either. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury spoke yesterday about the team's confidence in Colt McCoy. Very high. You know, uh, last yesterday, I uh, had some tough breaks. Um, I think with a week of preparation when he gets the, the reps and he's really confident, that that's when he's played at a high level. And uh, not easy to come in third play of the game and, and try to execute like that. But I thought he gave us a chance. We just weren't able to make some plays there in, in some critical situations. I, I don't mean to, you know, shoot arrows at Colt McCoy, confidence in a backup quarterback for a four-game stretch is much different than the possibility of having confidence for that same Without player over the course of a 17-game season. Without a doubt. And and that's and but because also if you are wrong about that, then you are you're opening yourself up to to some real second guessing. Like, really? I I mean, you're you're going to now fashion a 37-year-old career backup as your guy? I, I think, and, and I think that also what Cliff Kingsbury was saying, I'm not sure if that's wholly accurate because that is Colt McCoy's deal. Being professional, being ready. Oh, first series of the game? I got this. And when Colt McCoy came into the game, it wasn't difficult for him. It got difficult when the team got behind. Yes. When the team did not have explosive playmaking. Well, and that's not all on Colt, Colt McCoy. But um, yeah, here was Cliff Kingsbury talking about McCoy's strength. Well, the playmakers that we have... Um... <laughs> In this offense, I think his understanding of where to go with it, trying to get it to him quick, uh, particularly with some of the issues we've had up front, um, that that can be a real bonus down the stretch here. Um, You know, trying to finish out the season strong. If that is what the Cardinals' offense is moving forward, grab a pillow and a blanket because it will put you to sleep. Yeah, exactly. And yes, you don't get any extra points for getting rid of the ball quickly. Is it a necessity behind this line? Probably. Cliff Kingsbury is right there. But that's what everybody talks about in the strength of Colt McCoy. He processes everything so fast and gets rid of the ball. It's because every route is two yards. Yeah, right. That game, most of that game Monday night, was unwatchable from an offensive standpoint. New England, you knew they were going to throw a lot of screen passes. They threw more than anybody expected. I tweeted out at one point, more screens than a Las Vegas sports book. Vance Joseph was right on. Even even though he took a lot of heat for... Vance Joseph, when he was just talking about the New England Patriots, he just didn't realize what a hot-button topic that issue was in Boston. And, and And how Bill Belichick has begun to bristle at that. Like, you don't trust me. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And see, he didn't know that, so he wandered right into that, which created that reaction. He was right on the money. Absolutely. You, you were watching that Patriots game earlier like, this team stinks. It was, yeah. <laughs> That's a 7-6 and six football yeah. team that won by two touchdowns. And, and, right, and they just, they're like, there's not a whole lot there at all. And so, yeah, listen, I, I think that in the first half, the, the one thing I liked about Colt McCoy is the ball was going downfield a little deeper. The stats even show that out. The the analytics that show how bad the Cardinals are at getting the ball down the field, the, the time a football spends in the air, they're like the worst in the history of the NFL. <laughs> I'm being a little facetious here, but that that actually got better in the game against the Patriots because there were a couple intermediary passes that worked and there were a couple of long passes that were attempted that didn't work. But so I so I think there there was a little element of we need to try to get this ball up and over the top, but he's not the guy to do that consistently. He's a dink and dunk quarterback with a ton of poise and a great command of the huddle and great intellect. He's the perfect Backup and he's tough. quarterback, yes. and he's tough. Yeah, 
but that but that's what he is. So if so, the to me the Cardinals game plan it has to be to me in my mind. Don't be fooled by the next four games. I don't think that they're going to be, but I think that you need to go out and bring in another quarterback somehow, some way, and fashion Colt McCoy as the backup, and then. Take all expectations off Kyler Murray coming back, you know, in September. Yeah. We'll get into some of those possibilities a little later on in the uh, 7 o'clock hour. Have you subscribed to the Bickley and Murata podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. Never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley and Murata podcast. It's brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Coming up next, concern growing for the Phoenix Suns. Another thing that's growing, their injury list. More to add to it after last night's loss. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. You're going to have games like that. I thought we stayed competitive. We defended. A lot of our missed shots turned into fast break opportunities for them. We, we just didn't shoot a good percentage at all in the first half, and that put us in a hole. In the second half, we scored 62 points. And um, with Book out, DA out, Cam Cam out, we just had guy after guy step up and stay competitive. And um, the one thing about me, Book, uh, DA, Mikhail, Dario, Cam, we we were here our first year where we went through a stretch like this, and we just kept doing the next right thing. And um, that's what we got to do right now. But it was tough to come out of that hole. And uh, on top of that, we still, you know, gave them a ton of free throws, you know, 34 free throws, and they had 17 offensive rebounds. But we had 18. You know, I think we got 22 more shots. Uh, that's a competitive team who, who won't quit even when the shots aren't falling. Monty Williams talking about the effort despite injury last night. Uh, injuries last night. The uh, Suns lose their fifth straight, one eleven to ninety seven uh, to the Houston Rockets. They've now lost two straight to the Rockets, as I mentioned, five in a row overall. Um, it was just one of those confounding things, and then you add the injuries on top of it. Vic, mm-hmm. um, the, the the very near future for the Suns is kind of a. <laughs> An uncertainty right now about about their competitiveness. Yeah, we don't know about DeAndre Ayton's availability, campaign's availability. Yep, Devin Booker when's he coming back? I mean, this has gone south quickly. Yes, it has. The uh, the Houston Rockets have nine wins this NBA season. Two of them are against the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, that's not good. So I I think it's interesting here the balance Monty Williams is trying to take between um, being tolerant of effort and regardless of results, if he's being real pragmatic about what he has right now and and how hard it is to win without Devin Booker in the lineup, I I do think that it's, it's adding an element of pressure on James Jones the more this continues. Because the idea of being patient and waiting stuff out, and I, I, I don't, it's it's hard to it's hard to embrace that when this basketball team is clearly missing so much. So there are questions about that. The free throw thing has been an issue from day one, and it's. I wonder what the NBA thinks when they hear complaints from the Suns about quality of officiating. Because I wonder if they just look and go, well, why don't you play a physical brand of basketball and then get back to us. 
because there's some of that. Yeah, I mean, you can't expect to be treated like a physical team that attracts the rim when you don't, when yes. you're not that team. And, and and well, Monty commented about that last night again, that the differential 34 free throws to 19 for the Suns last night. Not the most egregious separation we've seen this year, but... Williams talked about it. I mean, that's that's the league now. You know, you, you can't touch anybody anymore. And um, they do a good job of, of drawing the contact. I mean, Josh Okoge goes, goes to the basket, dunks on the kid, gets smacked in the face, no call. You know what I'm saying? So these are the things that I'm not even quite sure what to tell the guys anymore. You know, uh, they force the issue. We force the issue. And uh, we got 19 free throws. They got 34. So that's hard to swallow. Yeah. Um, yeah that, it sounds that, like he's really rallying around his team right now because he knows how wounded his team is yeah, right now. Um, and it's probably a smart tack to take as a head coach in, in a stretch like this. But but on that subject, yes, there are examples. And I on this show, I definitely complain about NBA officiating out as it pertains to the Phoenix Suns more than you do. I had not noticed that. <laughs> I just wanted to remind you, Vic. <laughs> refresher. Uh-huh. You were on vacation last uh-huh. week, right? Got to get you caught back up to speed. Uh, but I don't think that the officiating, the quality of officiating, is a consistent factor in that free throw differential. At different times when there is that differential, Monty Williams will say, you know, we took a lot of shots in the paint too. All shots in the paint are not created equal. DeAndre Ayton does a lot of work in the paint, but he's doing a lot of hook shots or a lot of fadeaway eight-foot jumpers in the paint that aren't begging for contact from a defender. In fact, they're moving away. I talked about this earlier in the show. Go watch last night's game. As, mm-hmm. You know, when you start to struggle offensively, it snowballs. But even when the Suns did drive to the hoop, it wasn't to the hoop. It was they drove to the paint and then kind of a passive attempt at, at, at making a basket that was blocked that, again, did not invite contact. Hold up what the Houston Rockets did with all of their young athletes who attack on the dribble. Yep. And it's not the best brand of team basketball by any stretch, but you get to the free throw line 34 times in a game, you're going to stay in a lot of those games. And if your opponent struggles shooting the ball the way the Suns did, you're going to win a lot of those games. So is it a factor? Yes. Until the Suns change their mentality individually and collectively, we're going to be talking about this as as something that repeats itself. No, you're right. And with with injuries to campaign and DeAndre Ayton, I think you're right when you say the short term, it might actually get worse. Because, as you correctly pointed out, we've seen what they look like against really quality NBA competition, and recently those results have not been good. No. So, Although the two games in New Orleans... The second one I was perfectly fine with. Yeah, and even to come back in, in the first game on the Friday night with everything that went... Yeah, I uh, guess. That was, ...that was working against them. Um, you know, Devin Booker not being right in that game. But if you look at the two biggest games, the two games that they were most hyped yes. for, Dallas and Boston... Yes. Just blown out of the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was not a whole lot of a fight, uh, and that's the concerning part uh, of all of it. Now, uh, to get into this this trade deadline stuff, uh, it's, we're not at the deadline. Tomorrow does unlock players who signed free agent contracts. So 74 players who fit that criteria become available for trades tomorrow. And starting tomorrow, this these figures from Bobby Marks of ESPN, their NBA front office insider, 89% of the league is trade eligible tomorrow. But that doesn't necessarily 
mean anything. I because, think it's, because most basketball teams aren't looking to trade in the middle of December. They're still evaluating what they have. The last time the Phoenix Suns found themselves in a situation where they had a player that was disgruntled. Go back to the Trevor Ariza era. <laughs> he signed a free agent contract, soured on this place very quickly because the, they didn't have a chef, I, th- I think was the reasoning. Wasn't, wasn't that one of the things that he pointed out? It was. Trevor Ariza, because he signed a free agent contract. I hear contract, you, Trevor. Became, I hear you, Trevor. He, he became trade eligible that year on December 15th. Two days later, the Suns <laughs> swung a deal. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's not the exact same um, scenario. Obviously, the Suns are a much different team, but that was when they got Kelly Oubre, and that was kind of the deal that started, very slowly started a turnaround for this organization. I'm wondering if James Jones views the unhappiness or the situation with Jay Crowder similarly to, to Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza never left the team, if memory serves. Uh, he was still with the team. Right. Maybe. I'd have to look that up. Maybe well, he did leave. I'm not sure. It's it's all very fascinating to me because I, I think, you know, James Jones was given a lofty promotion very recently, mm-hmm. and he was given that by Sam Garvin. And we all know that new owners come in and everybody, it, it's your status in the organization changes. It, it just gets reset. So James Jones is going to be judged by the new owner by on how he handles what's right in front of him now. And and again, this Jay Crowder thing just has a lot of people scratching their head because in a weird way, paying a guy to stay away is does not help your own leverage. It does not. It, it encourages teams to think you're going to be desperate. But in the in the real time, by not doing it now, it it is creating that illusion maybe around the league. All right, they're not desperate to move him, so they're they're going to be patient. Who I, this strategy I, could pay off. I, I don't know what to think. It, I, it could be egg yeah. on the face. And and there's a lot of people beginning to speculate that Jay Crowder must have really burned one heck of a bridge. Yes. Remember that scene at the end of the Good, Bad, and the Ugly when they blow up that bridge with all that dynamite. Yeah, that's kind of what I think it happened. Jay Crowder was down there with Clint Eastwood. <laughs> so, yeah, listen, I, I think that, um, yeah, this is this is quite interesting to me, and it's quite clear to me that even though we all have kind of recognized the value of regular season victories and how it's not all that and maybe not it at all, that this team is going to need more to win a playoff series. True. But I think we can uh, pr- probably give up pursuit of the Maurice Podoloff trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, time to get rebooted. Sarah Cazell takes us through the big stories of the day with the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, everyone. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. We get you caught up on all of the big stories of the day that you need to know. Starting right now, I am Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hey. With Vince Murata. 
<laughs> oh, I see. We've moved on from hellos and on to reboots. I'm running out of stuff. I like By it. By the it's way, okay. can I take exception to the way you introduced my man Vic today? That's golf champion, damn <laughs> bad. Oh, champion. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so Trophy sorry. Trophy winner. Trophy right. toting Dan Vic. There we go. That's I right. should have brought it in this morning. You should have brought it in. Yeah. You really should have. We could have got a picture. Do you have a picture with it at least? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Let's tweet it. You and the team? Oh, yeah. That was taken by uh, that was taken by people. Yeah, I can yeah. get a hold of that. Yeah, I should tweet that out. see the guy wearing his jeans. Yeah. Yes, yes, what a yes, legend. Yes, yes. What, what a flex. Seriously. A ringer in jeans. Amazing. Lifting Dan Bickley well, to his first golf trophy. That's part of being a ringer. Is it you is. have to dress like you don't it know is. what you're doing. Exactly. <laughs> All right. And that's Jarrett Carlin, who rarely knows what he is doing. I got hung Jared. up on the jarred farts. For it. Oh, gosh. I don't want to relive that. Okay. That. Let's get right into it. Oh, we are. That was a terrible story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Continue. Yeah, so I do remember that. Uh, you know, women got to make money somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Close the wage gap and then we'll talk, okay? All right. Kyler Murray, torn ACL. That woman broke through the gas ceiling. <laughs> oh! Yay! All right. She is counting her beans indeed. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kyler Murray is done for the year. Jarred <laughs> farts. He's going to be out a long time. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> oh, you broke me. Cliff Kingsbury spoke with reporters yesterday, and he said his trust in Colt McCoy is strong and uh, explained why he's been able to stick around so long in the NFL. First of all, I think the rapport with, with teammates is as good as I've ever seen, you know whether it's DBs or linemen or linebackers, he can talk football as well with, with different position groups as anybody I've ever seen. The respect level they have for him is through the roof and um, he puts in the work and is, he's a brilliant football mind. And, and then he's really good when he gets a chance to play. The ball goes to the right spot. It goes out on time. Um, so he's he's earned that right to play in this league as long as he can really operate and stay healthy. But a lot of it, I think, has to do with just his understanding. Of the game. I mean, he could be a coach if he wanted to right now and probably take my job easily. Um, he has that type of knowledge and that type of uh, command in the locker room. Okay, so he jokes that Colt McCoy could take his job as a coach. Don't threaten us with these I was, was going to say that's dangerous territory to, to, to get into. Uh, and in fact, ESPN's Dan Rolovsky expanded a little bit on that thought. Not specific to Colt McCoy, but he asked, does Kyler Murray being out for an ex- extended period of time impact who might be interested in the head coaching job in Arizona should it open up this offseason. What does it mean for Cliff Kingsbury? Because there's an obvious public disconnect between the player and the coach. And if you are going to move on from Cliff Kingsbury if you're the Arizona Cardinals, that means the coach you're going to hire can't get any reps with Kyler Murray in this new offense all offseason. Does that minimize the, the pool of coaches that are going to sit there and say, I want that job? Okay, is there anything to that? Or do you think that's a bit of a reach? No, that's, it, it, that's definitely not a reach. It would have to be a head coach who really loves Kyler Murray and really believes in what he can do with them because that that install thing that's not a joke. You're gonna because then you would have you're gonna have to train Kyler Murray. Tw- you're gonna have to train your quarterback twice, and you're gonna have to train Kyler Murray after you endure whatever it is your first training camp with the football team. Uh-huh. No, I I definitely think this this injury really lessens. 
I, I, I don't. I'm not sure if Sean Payton would be interested in this job anymore. No, um, I don't think that's a reach at all from Dan Orlovsky. In fact, I agree with Dick. I think it's a very astute point. If, if that was the thinking of the Cardinals brass at this point of the season, I think the thinking changes. And I was very much in favor of treating this year for Cliff Kingsbury specifically as a prove-it year before he, any contract extension was handed out. I think that year becomes next year. I think Cliff Kingsbury will be back, and I think uh, the leash is going to be a lot shorter um, with challenges built in, obviously, but I think that's where we I, are. I think I think the only, I, I agree with Vinny, I think the only thing that can change that is what, what the optics look yeah. like of the next four games. Yeah, yeah. true. All right. Uh, we touched on this early on in the show, but now that we know that Kyler's not going to be around for a while, the Cardinals currently have the number six pick in the 2023 draft, and I'm going to assume that they will continue to move up in that draft order. How many games would Kyler Murray need to miss next season for the Cardinals to justify using their first round pick on a quarterback to come in? Such a great question. Um, because it, it this is the Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen. It's that thing all over again. Uh, if you've got the capital where you don't have to trade the farm to go get one of these guys who are going to be able and and the guys who are out there who is it? C.J. Stroud and headed Hawkeye. I don't. I would call Bryce for, Young. If the Cardinals mm. spend a top six draft pick on a quarterback, you call in the April, FBI. Everybody <laughs> who's ever worked for the Arizona Cardinals he, should getting, be refired. Refired uh, because Kyler Murray is not there. It doesn't change the fact that they're on the books for two hundred and thirty million dollars. Mm-hmm. We've just watched thirteen football games of a team that has needs everywhere. Yes. If they went with a quarterback, I, I I wouldn't even know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you couldn't did, do it. How did you phrase that question? How many games does he need? There's no way you justify spending a, a first-round draft pick on a quarterback. Uh, unless, um, uh, uh, no, I, I, I agree with you, but at the same time, if if, you, if you've if you got the pick to get one without having to trade up for one and you've got renewed doubts that your guy is going to be the guy, then this is the time to do it. Those renewed as counterintuitive as it sounds. The answer renewed. is he'd have to miss 80 games. <laughs> 80 that would be five years of his five years. Five five years? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not advocating for it. Vinny's right. They've got they've got no foundation. Truly. All right, let's uh quickly get to the NBA. The league announced yesterday that it has renamed its year-end awards, something that no one asked for. The MVP award is now the Michael Jordan Trophy. And it sort of looks it like It kind him. of looks like the guy it's named after. Um, <laughs> Defensive Player of the Year is the Hakeem Olajuwon Trophy, Wilt Chamberlain Trophy for Rookie of the Year, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Dan and Vince, if you were to name the MVP trophy in the NFL, NHL, and Major League Baseball, who would those trophies be named after? Ooh. Good question. Just for the MVP. Um, baseball. That's Hank, the hardest one. Hank Aaron. I think they do give out a Hank Aaron award. I don't know exactly what it is. That's the problem with these awards when they name them for people down the road. You don't know what they're for. Yeah. Uh, for hockey. Paul Bissonette. <laughs> <laughs> the busy. For, for the Ottawa Burritos <laughs> line. Give me, the, give me the busy. The Hank Aaron award. Annually awarded to the best overall offensive performer in each oh, okay. league. Okay. Um, it's got to be Gretzky or Howe for hockey, doesn't it? Gretzky. Yeah. Gretzky? Okay. Gretzky. We <laughs> love that guy. Roy Malocker. 
<laughs> you, you got to know Jim Rome show to understand yeah. that joke. Okay, I missed that one. That's yeah. a joke for me and Vic it and about is. four people well, in the audience. Tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who, you know who has the most baseball MVPs? Um, he has more MVPs than the, the second and third person combined. Who is it? Barry Bonds has seven MVPs. Can't name it for him. I know. Yeah. Then it's Stan Musial, Albert Pujols, and Mike Trout have three. All right. So who in the NFL gets gets the MVP trophy name? I, you list for, for me. Peyton uh, Manning. I, yeah, for me, it's Walter Payton. Just go call it the Walter Payton, Payton Award. Walter Payton call, call, call it the Payton Award. Some people can view it for Walter Payton. Oh. Other can view it for Payton. Spelled Man. differently. But it's already the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Oh, that's a thing. higher honor. And I think that was the problem. That's true. With Kareem Abdul-Jabbar already has award too. I think that's yeah, why he wasn't yeah. true. Yeah. Is that one of the? Fi- is it the Finals MVP? Is the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Yeah, I think that's a relatively new thing yeah. too. You know what? Just go the, the route of everything else in sports. Just sell naming rights for all these trophies. I think the Finals <laughs> the MVP Quest. is the Bill Russell Award, isn't oh, it? Is oh, it? that's right. See, you don't know. Yeah, exactly. It, it's stupid. In the Eastern Conference Finals, it's one. In the Western Conference yes, Finals, it's I, another. I think you are correct. Who can keep track? Not, not us, apparently. <laughs> You've <laughs> been <laughs> rebooted. Yeah. Our guys here never win any of those awards anyway. So. Hey. Uh, not yet. <laughs> Coming up next, if uh, Kyler Murray's not ready to go at the begin- beginning of the season, and it's an extended absence. What do the Cardinals do? Is it Colt McCoy? But there are other possibilities. We'll get into some of those next. It's uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley beats Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wednesday edition, Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Oxygen Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Dan Bickley, with a glow like he's never had before. I am geeking a, out a little bit, a I have to, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Vince Murata, Sarah Cazell, Jarrett Carlin with you until 10 o'clock, and that's when Wolf and Luke take over the airwaves. Uh, lots of speculation. Look, there's a lot of unknown with the Arizona Cardinals quarterback position right now. We know this. Kyler Murray is out for the rest of the year. We don't know what his rehab schedule looks like. Um, it could be nine months. Uh, if you believe some of the naysayers or people on the other side of that spectrum that say <clears throat> Kyler Murray is dynamic because of his legs, might take a little bit longer. So the possibility exists as we have this discussion this morning, Bick, that Kyler Murray's not ready to go, and the Cardinals could be facing an extended period of 2023 without his services. What do you yep. do? Colt McCoy, I said this before, I think he is a, a very good backup quarterback. I think he is good for uh, the education of young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I think if you need to rely on him on a three, four-game stretch, he's your guy. He's going to be 37 years old next year. Um, Long term, I don't know if that answers the bell uh, for the Cardinals. And one name that has popped up in the news this week for weird reasons, by the way, Marcus Mariota of the Atlanta Falcons, who had taken every quarterback snap for the Falcons this year, then got benched during the bye week. They're going with the rookie Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, their third-round pick. He has not thrown a pass in a National Football League game. Mariota apparently didn't take the demotion very well and left the team. He's not with the team right now. Which certainly is a turnoff. Yeah. Apparently, there's a, he's got a newborn child at home too. That might be leading 
you know, to that decision making, which I still think is very shoddy decision making. No, that's not. Yeah, that's it's a, not an excuse to no. leave your team in the middle of a season. No. But from a skill set standpoint, does he do anything for you? As a I don't know. It's, it's a hard question because as, as I try to wrap my brain around this, this is clearly something the Cardinals are going to have to put a lot of thought into. So if, if you believe that going into next season with maybe having Colt McCoy be your guy for maybe the entire year, because you do, you have to you have to plan for that. As you pointed out, there's no guarantees at when Kyler Murray is going to come back. I told you earlier the data shows that this this the best case scenario generally falls at ten months. The worst case generally lands at fifteen months, and we don't know where Kyler Murray is going to land on that spectrum. So if so, the question becomes: Is it going to be Colt McCoy? And if if Colt McCoy is not enough quarterback for you for your plans next season, then where are you going to go? I. I I personally believe the team is going to stick with Colt McCoy if, as long as he looks competent over the next four weeks and just treat next year as, okay, we just kind of got to rebuild until Kyler Murray gets here. But again, the, 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 the element of the fan base is not to be discounted here. And so you have to ask yourself, okay, if you're going to bring in a guy in the short term to hold this thing down, maybe even compete for it when Kyler gets back, which is kind of ridiculous, but then where do you go? You're going to have to go to an NFL player with experience who is somewhat disgruntled because and I, that's why I thought at one point Baker Mayfield would be ideal. Come in for a one-year contract. You're going to get a chunk of playing time. Look, the card. The reality oh. is, the Cardinals were one week removed from having that as a possibility. Right. Yeah. All of a sudden, though, he's gruntled. Right. Well, that's the whole thing. Well, and, now he's and so, start. Let's so see how now, that looks. so yeah. So that's now, true. let's see what this looks like for the at, at, at if if he continues to shine. Then, then he's going to have more leverage, and he would not be a candidate because you can't commit multi years, big dollars to a guy to come in to be, to hold the job for Kyler Murray. That wouldn't be responsible either. But and they, as you said, spending it on a draft pick that wouldn't be responsible either, given the shape of this football team. And on the other hand, like an Andy Dalton or a Carson Wentz, you might as well keep Colt McCoy if you're going to go that route. Yes, that's what right. About, what about like a Jacoby Brissett? See, now that's interesting to me. I've always He's kind of like Jacoby Brissett. His yeah, future is not in Cleveland. He's no. an unrestricted free agent. He did a really good job Pretty in the good. interim, waiting yeah. for Watson to get back. I would like that much better than Marcus Mariota. Okay, personally, but I think you know these guys that we're talking about: Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, Jacoby Brissett, Sam Darnold. You throw Teddy Bridgewater into the mix. I don't know what his contract status is, but what you know, the, the guys that have been counted on as starters in the league that if this is the scenario that it presents itself to the Cardinals I think those are the guys that you're looking at Wait, what's what's going to happen with Zach Wilson in New York what if, what if Pat White continues to light it up on the way out Mike White I'm sorry I can't even get his name right Pat Matt White Davis. from West Virginia yeah. Yeah. What, one of our listeners just tweeted us what about Jordan Love Jordan Love from up above well, that's that's interesting too so yeah. uh, those would be the kind of guys. Rodgers yeah. is washed. About like second, third level. <laughs> what about yeah. Trey Lance? <laughs> Half joking, but... No, uh, there's not... He... The Niners would make that move? Brock Purdy Jimmy and... Jimmy G and Brock Purdy? Jimmy G and Brock Purdy next year they go into the season with... Well, if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, Brock Purdy is not going to be part of that discussion. <laughs> Right, it's it's these kind of guys that we're talking yeah. about. It's the guys like a, like a Zach Wilson, uh, guys that that have had are right near the end of their rookie contract and have no traction whatsoever. 
And that would be the kind of guy that you might want to, to, to focus on. Or the usual suspects that hop from team to team every year, like like the Brissettes and the Bridgewaters. Yeah. Yeah, and and again, I think Jacoby Brissett's a little better than than the than the rest of those guys, and I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that being the case. Uh, you guys are all missing the inevitable. Josh Rosen <laughs> coming back. That no, that would be. Oh, no, that's a storybook. I'll take Mungo Beanfield. Thank you. Josh Rosen might uh, pop up on the ATP tour before he pops up on an NFL roster again. I would love to. Wasn't see he that. a champion tennis player? At one he was point? pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was no Dan Bickley. Well, <laughs> I don't now, know. I'll just see his trophy case. Bick, Bick, you ever won a tennis trophy? Yeah, uh, yeah, I did. Really? Yeah, it was actually uh, it was actually a, a, a plaque, like a yeah, yeah. But that was a million years ago. It was like one of those big old plates. It, Wimbledon, I think, is what it was <laughs> called. <laughs> it was dressed in all white. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, the royalty was there. <laughs> I got a tennis award, too, once, but it was a participation trophy. Oh. oh thanks for playing. <laughs> That's my nick- oh. That was my nickname in high school. Thanks for playing. Trophy. Oh, participation trophy. <laughs> this is from uh, our, our, good, our new good friend, Sandra Deo Clobber. What's... Uh, Gardner Minshew up to these days. Ooh, Ooh that's an intriguing that's name. That's and the, mar- and the marketing possibilities. Oh my endless. Oh. Join no, Bud the Light. mustache, not a mustache possibility. Oh, oh my no. goodness, killer! Are we still going to be playing that game in September? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Join Bud Light years. this Sunday for a Red Sea Road Rally as the Cardinals take on the Broncos. Enjoy great prizes, ticket giveaways, and food specials all game long. It's going on at Philly Sports Bar and Grill. I-10 and Warner Road. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for more information. Coming up next, 8 o'clock has arrived. It's time for the Bickley Blast. It's Bickley and Marauder Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.